I'm Dr. Anthony Bolas, and welcome to Healthy Dose. From EpiPen recently to other medications, drug pricing can increase in the blink of an eye. Today, we will sit down with Dr. Patrick Devereaux, chief pharmacist of FMS Pharmacy and vice president of the company, discusses drug pricing and how it can affect you or your pharmacy. These manufacturers didn't research and develop the drug to begin with. It's not really a recouping research and development cost. They see an opportunity to raise the price and they just do it. More to come on today's edition of Healthy Dose. This is Healthy Dose, brought to you by the McWhorter School of Pharmacy at Samford University. McWhorter School of Pharmacy, preparing pharmacists who transform lives. More on the web at samford.edu slash pharmacy. Welcome back to Healthy Dose. I'm Dr. Anthony Bolas. Drug pricing has recently been creeping back in the news with the EpiPen price hike a few months ago, but unfortunately, this isn't new to the pharmacy industry. Price hikes to medications happen many times a year, quickly and with little to no warning, leaving uninsured patients startled and confused while at the same time putting pharmacies in a tough position. Dr. Patrick Devereaux, Chief Pharmacist of FMS Pharmacy in Bessemer, Alabama, and Vice President of the company, will go into further detail about drug pricing, how it can occur, and who it affects. Dr. Devereaux first discusses how a drug is priced from its original manufacturer. Drug pricing is complex. Obviously, the manufacturer that manufactures the drug has to take into account certain things when it comes to drug pricing. For example, if you're developing a very new drug for something like hepatitis B, uh, hepatitis C rather, and you have a wonderful drug that can essentially cure it, it has a large price tag because of a lot of research and development that went into that. For example, you know the Hep, the Hep C drug we're talking about uh, may have a price tag of about thirty thousand dollars a month. That's a lot of money. But the thinking is that the research and development that went into that needs to somehow be recouped. The manufacturer in, in developing these drugs has costs associated with it they're trying to get back. So that's the typical reason, that's the typical way that we see a drug priced. It's based on how long it took to develop, what were some of the research and things like that that were involved, and you know what are those things and how do they play into the price. Dr. Devereaux briefly describes the puzzling increase of the EpiPen that was acquired from its original manufacturer. So what we're seeing is a little different, though, with other drugs like EpiPen, and we saw it last year with Daraprim, where these are drugs that are not originally made by the manufacturer that's manufacturing it now, okay? So it wasn't like originally developed by them. They were acquired. Um, so in the situation of EpiPen, what, what makes it so infuriating for some folks is that it wasn't a drug that this, um, this particular company developed. They acquired the product. Uh, they acquired the rights to the product. That's what happened with Daraprim. And then that's when they decided to raise the price and mark it up substantially. That's the part that's been very tough for us as a profession to grasp as, as to why that's being done when these manufacturers didn't research and develop the drug to begin with. You see what I mean? It's not really a recouping research and development cost. They see an opportunity to raise the price and they just do it. Drug price increases not only happen to brand name drugs, 
but also to generic medications, as Dr. Devereaux explains. It does happen with generic drugs, too. We're seeing it now with flufenazine, a very old antipsychotic that went from uh, less than $100 a bottle to almost $900 a bottle uh, just in the last couple of weeks. And usually when you ask a generic company why that is, they usually will say they may have had a manufacturer to exit the market. And so now they've only got one or two manufacturers of the drug left. And they, they, what they say is that, well, there's a lot of regulatory pressure um, for us to be making this drug, so we need to cover those costs by raising the price. Uh, doxycycline, a few years ago it happened like that, where they one of their facilities was damaged by Superstorm Sandy in New Jersey, uh, and the price went up because their production was then shifted to one place. Um, the only problem is, is that years later the price is still up. Uh, that, that's that's the only problem with that explanation. Same thing with uh, flufenazine, this old drug. There's really no reason um, for them to raise the price this much, but they're saying that, well, we've got regulatory pressure, that we're the only company or one of the only companies making it now. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, that's the reason why a lot of these drug prices go up is because, or what they say is the reason is that it goes up because of regulatory pressure and regulatory burdens that they have to pay for. Dr. Devereaux elaborates on how insurance companies cope with the price increases of medications. One of the fundamental laws of economics is you can charge what the market will bear for any product. And that's not just drugs, that's anything. So if a manufacturer decides to raise their price, the insurance company also has to agree to pay more. Now, with brand drugs, that becomes a little simpler because with brand name drugs like EpiPen, drugs that don't have a actual generic version of it, uh, an actual AB rated generic, then these companies are really want to hold on to that market share and raise the price. So what they do is they go to the insurance company and they negotiate a rebate agreement. So with EpiPen, for example, it's $600 now and you pay out of pocket for it. But with rebates and incentives from, from pharmaceutical companies to insurance companies, the insurance companies are not paying $600 for this drug. I don't know what they're paying, but they're not paying $600. Their cost is netted down way more than that. So unfortunately, what happens is that the burden of this price increase really falls on the uninsured patient. The insurance companies have rebates and things that net their cost down, but the patients may be able to find a coupon that might help them out like $100 or so, uh, but there's really not much they can do for that, whereas insurance companies really have a little more of a cushion when the price goes up because the drug company will come to the insurance company and say, hey, look, we know our price has gone up, but we're going to give you a rebate based on the number of, of products um, that we are you're adjudicating through your insurance company. So it really affects the uninsured more than the insurance company. And I'm not, I'm not speaking as an expert on that, um, but I do know that rebates do factor into drug pricing because uh, brand name drugs, when they go up in price, usually the insurance company adjusts their pricing pretty quickly. Another aspect that is often overlooked are the price increases for generic medications and how slow response time by insurance companies will put pharmacies in a deep hole without the patient ever knowing. So where it affects pharmacies there is first and foremost trying to find help for the uninsured patient. And second, especially with generic drugs, uh, many times the insurance company's reimbursement doesn't catch up with the price increase. Now, as I mentioned, for brand drugs, 
the price increase typically happens pretty quickly with an insurance company. So if EpiPen goes up to $600, the reimbursement usually goes up with it, you know, to cover that cost. Generic drugs, they're not as quick to adjust their pricing. So in the situation for flufenazine, I filled a prescription for flufenazine yesterday for a patient, 60 tablets, and lost $594 on that prescription uh, because the insurance company is reimbursing me on the old price rather than the new inflated price for flufenazine. I'm going to send an appeal in and hopefully I'll get somewhere with that. But I have, I'm in a tough ethical position here for this patient who's a mental health patient that relies on me to package medicine. And in order to do that, insurance company, and I'm not allowed to opt out of filling a prescription if it's that much of a loss. I have to fill medicine. $594 loss that I have to absorb so that I can keep this patient healthy and out of the hospital. There is important legislation out there that can help the uninsured patient. Currently introduced to the House in Washington, D.C., H.R. 244, MAC Transparency Act, that Dr. Devereaux encourages not only pharmacists, but also patients to contact their legislators on backing this bill to help decrease costs. All of us pharmacists know the importance of being active legislatively. Right now, there is a legislation that is pending that will force insurance companies to pay the acquisition cost of the drug is accurately. And MAC transparency laws is what it's called, MAC, MAC transparency laws. Um, but it's important for patients because, as I mentioned at the beginning of this program, it's not pharmacists that are just affected by this. It's the uninsured patient. If there is not legislation that compels an insurance company to pay or the pharmacist actually bought the drug for, then the one who suffers in this is the uninsured patient. Because unfortunately, the pharmacy is in a very tough position where they have to cover their costs or make up that cost somewhere. So what normally happens when they're taking a loss on a product like that, they have to raise their other prices. They have to raise prices on drugs that they've never had to raise prices on because they have to make up for that loss. We have to stay in business. And so from a patient perspective, it's important to engage your legislators, call your legislators about pharmacy MAC transparency and say, hey, look, it's important for our health costs that you co-sign or at least, you know, get on board with this legislation that helps with drug pricing. This is not just a, oh, the pharmacies just need more money thing. No, this is we need to protect the uninsured and protect their pricing by being able to offer the same prices we've been able to do. But when we have to take losses like this, then we have to raise our prices. It's just a law of economics and it's sad. Lastly, pharmacists are trained to be able to help find cost-effective therapies that will work similar to what the physician has prescribed for you, as Dr. Devereaux illustrates. If you go to the pharmacy and there is a high copay or just a high cost for you, talk with your pharmacist about what some of the alternatives may be. Again, your physician is not intentionally trying to put you on something that's a fortune that's going to cost you a lot of money. Many times they just don't know how much these drugs are until you get to the pharmacy. And so work with your pharmacist to find alternatives. Just like I mentioned with the EpiPen situation, you know, if you asked about Adrenaclick, which is very similar, would do the exact same thing, cost a fraction of the price, why not go with that? If a doctor puts you on a $250 cholesterol medicine, it's worth asking the pharmacist who has the clinical knowledge to answer this question, what would a similar drug to this be? So if they put you on a very high dollar drug, the pharmacist usually knows what an equivalent dose of a lower cost drug would be that would accomplish the same things. So now the pharmacist would still have to call your physician. We've got to get you medicine to help get to you to whatever that goal is your physician has. And if cost is a barrier, 
you're not going to take your medicine. You're not going to take it effectively. So work with your pharmacist to see, is there something cheaper I can take? Um, is there some, and sometimes there is not, uh, but oftentimes there's something, maybe it's a generic version of something or something that might be a lower tier on your insurance. Just ask the right questions. Don't accept necessarily that the price you're paying at the pharmacy is the best you can do. Um, if there's something that's out there that works the same or works even even a little better uh, and costs you less money, it's worth your time to ask your pharmacist for that advice. Be sure to consult with your pharmacist if a drug price is above your budget to see what alternative cost-effective therapies may be right for you. Also, be sure to help your local pharmacies by contacting your local legislators in passing the MAC Transparency Bill that can aid in keeping your pharmacy doors open and keep costs lower. As we continue on with Pharmacist Awareness Month, know your medicine, know your pharmacist. For Healthy Dose, I'm Dr. Anthony Bolas. You've been listening to Healthy Dose, brought to you by the McWhorter School of Pharmacy at Samford University. McWhorter School of Pharmacy, preparing pharmacists who transform lives. More on the web at samford.edu slash pharmacy. To learn more about this program or other episodes, go online to healthydose.org. Join us again this time next week for your next Healthy Dose.